So Andrew, we are living in troubled times. Times yes. of plague, discord, chaos. I don't know if you read the papers, but it's pretty wild out there. Yeah, it's not great. And in these times of trouble, as we know, as students of history, mankind has always sought order and authority in above the deities, the divine, the gods. And this is what it's gotten us. So with our, our limited roster of gods now in the current era, this is the world we get. Right. Uh, and you and I were discussing this recently. Why, why limit ourselves? We have had so many gods in our past. The Greeks, the Romans. Let's go to the bench. Miscellaneous, go to the bench. They're still out there. Gods are immortal. They're still out there. They might be retired. They might be hanging out in Boca, but they are, in theory, available. And knowing those stories, they've got some impressive abilities, some wild tales. They've seen some stuff. So as you and I have discussed, it's time to revisit that bench to see who's out there who might be able to save the day for us. Right. And that has brought us to this podcast, of which this is the pilot episode, God versus God. And so we'll, we'll tell you a little bit about what we're thinking here, listeners. Right. Uh, we've got a structure in mind. We thought... In each episode, we're going to audition two gods. We'll draw them at random. Typically, let, let yep. the fates decide. Let the fates. Yep. And each of us will then, we'll sort of audition a couple of candidates who might be the god who can, who can save the day for us. Right. We'll each uh, take one of these gods as we draw them. We'll hear a little bit about their stories. And the stories get a little crazy. Right. You might think you know these, these gods, but... It's probably I, been I a found, while. Yeah. The, there's stuff that Eve Hamilton does not tell you. So. No. No, that's right. Back and forth, great. That's right, and it's probably a little rusty if you're like me. When you but when you blow the dust off, it's some it's some pretty wild stuff. So we're gonna look at their powers. We're gonna look at their character. Who would win in a fight? Look at their it factor, and in each episode, we will render judgment according to a series right. of set categories that uh, that you have established. Right, and we will uh, determine. Right. And go ahead. And speaking of judgment, we you know we took some of our uh, inspiration from the Judgment of Paris. We uh, did. We did. The golden apple. Yes. And, and uh, as I recall, the golden apple was the winner uh, of who was the most beautiful. Is that right? In the judgment of Paris? Who was the fairest, right? Who was the fairest? That's uh, right. Yeah. Paris, uh, Prince of Troy, judged that uh, beauty contest and then uh, picked Aphrodite and yes. married the woman of his dreams and I think lived happily ever after. Yeah, no, no uh, circumstances of any kind for anybody after that. There yeah. was uh, yeah. no blowback. So no, that worked out well. Maybe the fall of Troy. Uh, maybe the establishment not, not, of the not, Roman Empire. Not familiar. Um, <laughs> and, and and I think we should acknowledge, in addition to that, we were uh, also inspired by some more contemporary sources. Yes. Uh, other podcasts out there, such as uh, Totalis Rankium, uh, Grim Reading. Uh, Rex Factor, yes, they they do some rankings. Uh, we're going to do a little head to head, but they have some uh, definitely some inspiration for us. And so, you know, uh, inspired by both the Judgment of Paris and Totalis Rankium. Yes, I think like to be the first person to say a sentence in English, and I think that was the first time that's ever been said. <laughs> that's right. I'm just impressed you were able to pronounce that. I I was a little worried for you, but you nailed it. There you go. So each of these weeks, we'll, we'll present the golden apple to our head to head winner uh, over the course of the season. Then uh, we will ultimately declare our victor and deliver what I assume will be, I don't know, the golden goat, some sort of uh, prize upon a right. prize or just a giant, a bigger apple. Uh, the, the crypto apple. Yes. 
<laughs> well, and the winning deity will have to somehow persuade to save us. So that may require us to do some sort of sacrifice ourselves. We know they're into that stuff, so we'll see. Uh, but that's it. Those are the ground rules. Uh, so welcome, Andrew. Uh, it's great to have you. Welcome, listeners. God versus God, episode one. Shall we begin? Yes, take it away. All right. Well, since you are the originator of the concept, Andrew, I will, uh, I'd like you to choose who will go first. So uh, in, in, before we came on air, we did each draw our winning God. Um, would you like to, to take the reins first or would you like me to go first? Uh, I, think, I think I'm going to let you take, take that honor. I'm, okay. I'm really eager to hear what you have to say. Excellent. About this guy. Excellent. Well, in our drawing, I was fortunate. I was able to draw Dionysus who of course is the God of wine. Uh, that was great because I have been known to enjoy a little of the grape myself from time to time. Not tonight. Got to be right. sharp for the podcast, but uh, yeah, representing the harvest of grapes. He created winemaking. He is considers wine, not just to be a gift of Dionysus, but an actual symbolic incarnation of him on earth. It is how you embody the God. It's like drinking your own God, which is even better than since some of the best wines I've had. Uh, so I was pleased with drawing him. Uh, He's also known for things like fertility, uh, ritual madness, religious ecstasy, right. of which I have so, less experience. So if, if you're drinking the embodiment of, with, of your own God, you know, what is that? if you're drinking Boone's Farm, what does that say? <laughs> I mean, you know, it, 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 it's all about enthusiasm, which we'll learn about okay. shortly. It is that is right. enthusiasm comes from the act of embodying whatever it is you're imbibing. And in and, and my experience, it's rarely ended well after a night of Boone's <laughs> Farm. So I guess you, you, you drink the God you deserve. <laughs> now, Dionysus is a bit of a contradiction, like, like wine itself. Now, he's often stereotyped as this kind of drunken buffoon, as depicted in, in say, Fantasia, the Disney cartoon. Uh, and yet, much of his religion focused on some pretty positive things, which we'll, we'll hear about in, in, in short order. Uh, but I was surprised to learn he actually focused in the religion on the correct consumption of wine. Not, not overindulging, but the actual, the right amount, which I've always said, I've also been very good at. Now, others have disagreed, particularly those who I am married to, uh, but <laughs> the, the power of easing suffering, bringing joy, the right amount of wine was Dionysus's real, real joy and real uh, accomplishment in life. Uh, and yet it, he's a contradiction. He also, as we'll hear, he inspired a lot of madness. He was a pretty serious right. cult leader. Um, but very powerful. He could, he was the divine communicant between the living and the dead. He's known as the dying and rising God. We'll just hear in a second, he was born twice. And the idea of sort of dying and rising resurrection, I don't know if you've uh, followed any current religions. That's that, that trope. It's still a big thing. Still, it's a, still thing. a thing. It's been used very effectively in, in uh, later days. It was a bit of a trailblazer, if you will. Yeah. Uh, so let's start with the origin story. So he was born twice. He had that rare feat. Uh, the first time, he was sprung from the, the mighty loins of Zeus. Of course, the, the god of gods, the original god of thunder, pre-Thor, the OG, the original god. All right. Um, known for many things, his power, uh, his, his stature, but also his erotic escapades. And, and this story begins with that. So uh, he initially, uh, the first version of Dionysus, he, he had, uh, we'll, we'll say we had relations with uh, Persephone, who would eventually become uh, the queen of the underworld. So already some pretty interesting parentage here, the God of gods and the queen of the underworld to be okay. were his parents. Uh, now Zeus did not like to reveal himself during his erotic escapades. Uh, he was too much to handle. He was to, to, to handle the full Zeus 
would be more than anybody. Never go full Zeus. Don't want to go full Zeus. Uh, we'll, We'll learn in a moment what happens when you do. But in this case, he didn't want to do that. So he took the form of a serpent in his wooing of Persephone. Which I guess from a mechanical perspective, I mean, a little scary, but just mechanically makes some sense. If he'd gone with, I don't know, hedgehog, something like that, probably less. The story doesn't end as well. Uh, But he does that. He he accomplishes the the siring of Dionysus and his child is born. And and he's very proud of of Dionysus, Zeus is. Takes his son to Mount Ida, just like he himself had been. Uh, He's got high hopes. He thinks Dionysus could be the ruler of the cosmos, could follow his steps, could be Again, kind of a proto succession vibe going on. He's uh, right. he's got he's he's got an heir apparent, uh, but as is often the case in these Greek mythology stories, they, there is conflict and and Hera something happens. Into, something does happen. Yeah, the best laid plans are are laid differently. Uh, Hera appears on the scene. So Hera is of course Zeus's both sister and wife uh, in some capacity. It gets complicated. Yeah. Um, but it apparently kind of has the worst characteristics of both because it becomes very jealous. Uh, does Hera doesn't like the attention that young Dionysus is getting. So uh, she goes to the Titans and persuades them to kill the child just days after Dionysus is born. Now the Titans, those are the old gods, the pre-Olympians, like first chapter, like the old Testament before the old Testament. Um, But apparently like, like the gods we'll be investigating in this podcast, still around, still in retirement, still willing to dabble in a little infanticide from time to time. And so they take her up on it and they, uh, before they, they kill young Dionysus, the Titans give him something called a thyrsus. So it's a stalk of fennel in order to mock him. So instead of giving so, him the scepter, you would give a, a rightful king. They give him some fennel. fennel. Yeah. Just kind of licorice. Kind of yeah. a rough move. Yeah. I mean, not instead of this symbol of power, we're going to give you like a sort of a minor vegetable, kind of a, a salad right. ingredient. Yeah, not, not, not a huge fan of it. But, no. Yeah. No, but uh, a little bit of insult before the injury there. At least, so he gets at, least his... <laughs> at least it's not kale. That's right. It could have been worse until it does get worse after he gets his thyrsus because uh, they don't just kill him. They tear him limb from limb, do the Titans, um, which sounds shocking the first time you hear it. That's, you know, they're, they're tearing a baby limb from limb. But <laughs> in the rest of the story, we're going to get used to that as a method of uh, <laughs> meeting out justice. So the Titans take care of that. Uh, Zeus, the father, uh, understandably kind of upset after this happens. This is his heir apparent. And just right. a couple of days after his birth, uh, the Titans pull him limb from limb because of his sister wife's uh, <laughs> motions. Right. So he does what any grieving father would do. Zeus takes the fragments of the heart of Dionysus and he puts them into a drink. It wouldn't have been the first thing I would have thought of, but he, <laughs> he, he, he forms a beverage. Yeah. Uh, which leads to his second birth. So already the God of wine, even in his, before his second and, and he, he has become a beverage, he's become a beverage and he's just days old. So he's already kind of a mm. prodigy in, in his field of choice. So yes, this leads to his second birth. So Zeus takes this weird baby heart beverage that he's concocted and he's not going to give up. He finds uh, Samil, who is the daughter of Harmonia and Cadmus. And Cadmus is the king of Thebes and the founder uh, Samil is a princess. She's mortal, so she's not a, a goddess, but uh, apparently fetching. And Zeus was was moved to uh, to give Dionysus round two with Samil. So uh, he uh, he pursues her. She has a dream first in which Zeus appears. And in the dream, Zeus shoots a tree with a bolt of lightning. Now in the dream, the tree dies, but the fruit of the tree lives. 
Okay. So she's, she's taking this all in before they've even met. Now, in the dream, Zeus says, even though I just killed that tree with my lightning, I would like one of those fruits. So he summons a bird to bring him one of the fruits. Now he, he's Zeus. He's not going to do it himself. So a bird takes care of that task for him. Right. With the fruit, he sews it into his thigh, holds it for a while, and then out of the thigh, a man emerges. This is all in the dream. And then she wakes up and she gets this feeling, like, am I the tree? Is this, is this a, some sort of pre-prognostication of what's going to happen to me? So she tells her father, the king Cadmus, about it. She says, Cadmus says, ooh, that's heavy. You, you do not want to make Zeus upset at you. You better make a sacrifice to him. Uh, but Zeus is a step ahead. He shows up before she can, she can even do that. He appears in her bed, Zeus, again, being right, yeah. a bit of a randy type. Um, and again, he becomes a serpent because, you know, worked the first time. And after what uh, the, the text referred to as a long wooing, uh, he is successfully able to... Uh, to make merry with Samil. Now, not only that, but after that act, uh, the bedchambers are overgrown with vines and flowers, and the earth laughs. So, talk about like a, a post-coital special effect. <laughs> like that is that's heavy. Yeah, Zeus does not go halfway. Um, so, successfully, Dionysus is is reborn again, at least in her womb. Uh, but Zeus informs her. He says, "The good news is you're going to have a son. He's going to be immortal." Uh, he's going to be able to make mortals forget their troubles. You shall bring forth joy for gods and men. So great news for Samiel. She's very happy. The wooing will bear fruit in more ways than one. So Samiel does what a mother-to-be who's, who's that happy will do. She dresses herself in garlands, wreaths of ivy. She runs barefoot in the forest whenever she hears music. Kind of a, perhaps the first hippie, I think you could say. <laughs> and just as things are going well again, who comes back but, but Hera? Again, Zeus's sister and wife. Yeah, she hasn't forgotten. Well, she's not happy. She, she got you had this figured out the first time. She had the Titans get this guy out of the picture. Well, she's got to come back for round two. So she's thinking she solved the problem. She's jealous that Samil will become the queen of Olympus instead of herself. So she is not just jealous of Dionysus coming back, but she's jealous of Samil. So she goes into disguise, takes on the, the guise of an old woman, of an old wet nurse, as one does at the time. Um, and kind of just get Herrick gets, gets Samil jealous and says, you know, I knew him first. You're just a fling. This isn't going to last. Uh, and Samil said, or Hera says to Samil, I think you should try to get Zeus to show himself, to show him the full, the full Zeus, as you said before. Um, and Samil's understandably a little hesitant, like, I don't know, you're not supposed to do that. And it's never really happened before. Yeah. She's no, I think you should. If he really loves you, he'll let you do it. And Zeus. Test. Yeah, and Zeus comes back, and after after Samil makes the request, he's in a good mood. He feels he saved the day. He says, "Okay, I'll do it. I'll give you the full Zeus, but I got to warn you, no one's ever seen it as I've held my lightning bolts." So he does, and she's gazing upon him, and it can't help it. She reaches out to touch one of the lightning bolts, and is immediately burned to ash just at the moment she touches the lightning bolt. Now, boom! The child she's carrying, which will be Dionysus, survives. Zeus rescues the child from the flames, even though his mother is now deceased. And what does he do? Well, as the dream foretold it, he sews the child into his thigh and holds it around for a while. Ultimately, he releases the child from his thigh, giving birth, if you like. Right. And just like the dream, Zeus is now both the father and the mother of Dionysus. He both sired her and, or sired him and carried him around. So Ultimately, because Zeus carried around, had this burden, uh, gave him a limp, gave even the great Zeus a limp. And that's where we get Dionysus as a name, because it actually means 
Zeus limp, which really? is, huh. yeah, which yeah. is again, a little harsh because how would you like to be named after <laughs> the side effects of, <laughs> of your delivery? Right. I mean, it's the equivalent of if you had been named two months of bed rest and no epidural, like that's just, <laughs> nobody wants that. Yeah. It's not so, good. but you start to see where the story comes from. The God of wine comes from being planted, reborn, the power of the gods of nature. It's all there in that origin story. And Zeus, I mean, to his credit, he probably planted that dream in her head. So she knew it was going to happen, but then he played it out perfectly. Um, now, in the end, in the second birth, across both of these births, a lot of characters look bad. Hera, you know, with her jealousy, with her disguises, right. the Titans for tearing a baby apart in retirement, Zeus for his kind of questionable erotic activities. But in the end, the good news is we get Dionysus. So he grows up, he lives, but he, he becomes a bit of a wanderer, Leighton, or is, it, is it an adult life. He He's a hero. He's a conqueror. He founds cities. I mean, he's still a god. He's still very powerful. Right. Um, but he is moved by his origin story to be about all about the wine. So he teaches people about the harvest, teaches them about wine. It's kind of a like a proto Johnny Appleseed, just going from town to town, <laughs> teaching them about Johnny grapes. Grapeseed. Yeah, Johnny Grapeseed. <laughs> he's, he's like a, he's like a gentleman farmer. Uh, he's very farm to table. He supports small business. He's. Uh, Did you ever come across that that uh, that nickname? Johnny Grapeseed. <laughs> I'll have to go back to the text on that one. Okay. <laughs> we may have I'm started sure in, something. I'm sure in Greek it sounded uh, quite, quite lovely. Yeah, different, very different. <laughs> so, but because he's the wanderer, he's something of an outsider. So he lives on the road. He struggles for acceptance. And every time he comes back home to places like Thebes, where his, he was born, uh, he doesn't get the kind of respect that he thinks he deserves from his fellow gods. Uh, so because he gets this lack of recognition, this lack of respect, he ends up getting a bit of a temper, as you can okay. imagine. Uh, so he goes back to his hometown, eventually, after all these adventures, back to Thebes. And his cousin is now the king. And his, cousin, his cousin's mother, the aunt, both refuse to acknowledge that he's divine. So Thebes is going fine, but he's not getting the kind of respect he wants. So Dionysus comes up with an unusual new technique. He punishes his aunt, the king's mother, by driving her insane. And in that condition, his aunt kills her son and tears him to pieces. Ah, now Dionysus yeah. does none of the above. All he does is, is just cause the ant to be insane, but she, she kills the king and does it Dionysus style, tears him up. So wow. kind of like a mob boss, really doesn't do the yeah. deed himself, but he yeah, knows so just what to do. Could someone rid me of this? That's <laughs> a real shame if something would happen to the king. Yeah. And sure yeah. enough, that's exactly what happens. Uh, so that's his first kind of first notion of his temper. Uh, from Thebes, he then goes to Argos, and there all the women in town love him. They see him as this divine being. They join in his worship, except for the daughters of, of again, the king, King Proteus, the, the establishment. So what does he do? He punishes the daughters who are not worshiping him by driving them mad. And in that case, and that's in, in, that, uh, in being insane, they then kill their own infants who are nursing at their breasts. So, you know, again... Those who love him, love coming. him, but, but yeah, those who don't, uh, they pay the price. And then the third time, he then goes to the daughters of Minyas in the next town and just for kicks, does the same thing, turns them insane. They kill their children. And then he turns them into bats because you, you don't want to be predictable. So, yeah, so, the bats, yeah. yeah. Is that the, how we get bats? Is that the, the origin that, story? Another, another excellent question. Uh, I, I feel like the bats must have predated uh, even okay. this ancient tale. This was but, something that that happened is all right this is <laughs> but i'll make a note of that because that would really be something if yeah 
if that was the original uh, original bat story. So yeah, he keeps you guessing, but you know, you see the recurring theme, tearing children to pieces, bringing them back to life again. Uh, and really it, like many of us, you just, you never get past your childhood, you know, that's where right. you come from. And even if you get a good deal, even if you're set up and you have a good job, you're helping people, but ultimately the echoes of the yeah. past keep coming back. Yeah. There, there's some trauma there for sure. There is. So because of that temper, he's characterized as the raging one, the mad one. Uh, but in all these escapades, he does build quite a following. He's, you know, I, it's not an exaggeration to say he is a cult leader. That's his job. And all these folks who begin to worship him, you know, they, they, they start to practice the Dionysian mysteries, which involves sacrifices of goats, bulls, wooden masks, lots of drinking too, and some other mm-hmm. things too. But obviously with, uh, with the brand being the God of wine, the drinking is a central force of it. So I want to talk a little bit about this, this three-day festival, because this is really, I think, the, d- describing Dionysus, Dionysus to a T. Um, originally started in Rome. So worth mentioning, of course, Bacchus is the Roman equivalent, right. the Roman version of Dionysus. Um, the story, the, 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 the true festival really begins there. In Rome, they did it three times a year. Uh, and it was restricted, this festival, to women. So very progressive for, for the time. Okay. Um, three times a year. But later on, it became so popular, the Etruscan Greek version uh, perverted that, that, that more inclusive process. It was, it was men and women. It was all ages, all social classes. And it was just a big, drunken, sexual free-for-all. And rather than three times a year, it was five times a month. So they really upped the ante. Uh, they really knew how to spend a weekend. So, uh, but it involved, as you might suspect, the, uh, one of the big activities was pulling live animals apart and eating them raw uh, in their entirety to re- reenact that first birth of Dionysus. Uh, but it gave followers the chance to practice what I mentioned just, before, enthusiasm. Oh, go ahead. Right, I just hope it's not pork. Hope they stayed away. I will Chicken, find out. Chicken's also not good. No, no. It's uh, <laughs> not in its raw form. That you would yeah. not that, that would not make for a good weekend. No doubt. Hmm. So they get to practice enthusiasm. So the god enters the body. They become one with Dionysus, the revelers do. And that gives us the term enthusiasm. So everybody who's an enthusiast. It is the equivalent of intense version of swallowing something so much you become that thing. Wow. Keep that in mind. That's mind blown. Yeah. So three three days for this festival. The first one, they open the wine. They adorn everything with flowers, the vessels, the rooms, the children. And not only do they tap the keg, this takes it up a notch. They release the dead from the underworld to wander around for all three days of the festival. So, you, I mean, we've we've been to some pretty wild parties back in the day, but I don't remember anybody evoking the dead to come out. And that's the first day. I mean, they don't even wait till right. like, you know, the final couple. Yeah, of that's hours. just kicking it off. That's just starting strong. So that's day one. Uh, a lot of drinking, a lot of communing with uh, with the dead from the underworld and just wandering around. Day two gets very solemn. They've got a ritual. There's costumes. They open up the sanctuary that they only use for this event. There's a ceremonial marriage to Dionysus, but also throughout, as you can expect, plenty of drinking. All right. Uh, and then day three is all about the dead. So it's their last hurrah. They merry make, they have a good time. They pour the remainders of their drinks on the tombs of the deceased who they've been partying with, which I do believe gives us the origin of pouring one out for your homie. Wow. Yeah. That is, uh, that goes so, way back. It goes way back. So they would do this, but then when day three was about to, 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 to complete itself, they, there was a big ritual cry. They would yell, they would scream, they would, essentially scream to get the, the, the dead back to the underworld. So the, you know, the ultimate sort of closing time, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> got to go back to, to hell. Yeah, gotta get... <laughs> so, 
Uh, and that was that that would cap it off. So so it was very very inclusive. There were the servants, the slaves even got to participate. Uh, so, but this was three days, and they did it five did it times, five a, times month. a month. Yeah, so, so if you do, do the that, math on that, even with Roman numerals, that's that's a lot. You, you barely yeah, have time in between. Yeah, it's it a lot of raising the dead. Three times a year, like that feels right. That feels like you could you could come back, let a few months go by. But yeah, you know, the, the Greeks they took it to the limit. Yeah. And everybody enjoyed it. So, but in all, when you, you think about all those parts of the ritual, it's sort of part, you know, frat party, part Halloween, part wedding reception, part kind of Brazilian steakhouse, <laughs> kind of a weird church retreat, all rolled yeah. into one. Uh, and it went for many years, but ultimately, as times changed, the state in Greece pulled a plug. And in one of these events, they arrested 7,000 people all at once and executed most of them. Uh, so the, the party where, did not where, end well. Where, where was that? Uh, I think that was in Greece. So this was the oh. uh, some uh, Athens, I assume, something like that. All so right. eventually, uh, those <laughs> proto Democrats had had enough and realized it probably wasn't good for for the country. So yeah, they executed all seven thousand uh, or most of them. But importantly, the ideals behind this were, were were really crucial. It was about transition. So you know, men and male sexuality at first, women's changing roles in society, the status of a woman's life. These were all parts of the rituals. And whenever life was changing. You would uh, you would experience it through this Dionysus festival. So something kind of modern day and progressive about that, which I appreciate. Uh, and as a result of that, he Dionysus is often depicted as kind of this a little bit of everything kind of guy. He's kind of androgynous. He's sort of male. He's sort of female, um, and he appears in many different forms. So he is all right. those things to all those people, like wine itself, I suppose. Um, and I want to say one last word about his cult followers because it, it's one thing to be a cult leader, but he was a lot of women who really were taking an active role in this religion. Uh, the term is maenads, maenads, they're the, the raving ones. Right. They were the ones who really got into the state of ecstatic frenzy through dancing, through intoxication, um, had these great outfits, fawn skins, and they, had, and they carried the thyrsus, the fennel, the, the fennel sort of quasi scepter. They used that uh, and they used it for magical purposes. They could, they could hit the ground with it and water would come out. They could shake it and, and wine would flow from the earth. They could... And also, it was about, yeah, it was it was, a, it was an ultimate tool. They could not be harmed by weapons. They couldn't be burnt when they were holding this thing. When they did get hot, they would wear snakes. Just harmlessly, snakes would be their garments, and the snakes would lick the sweat from their heated cheeks harmlessly when they got hot. So, as you know, even though it was kind of a a mocking move for the Titans to give Dionysus the Thyrsus, yeah. In the end, these these manids, these followers, they, killed they it. Turned it around. They did. They turned it around on them. But like Dionysus himself, they then kind of used that power for rather hot-headed purposes, which involved, as you may suspect, ripping people to pieces. So that <laughs> always ends up coming around. I think the saddest one of that, uh, the saddest example, of course, Orpheus, who was the legendary musician and poet of the time, uh, his, his wife had died. He was mourning his wife and the Maenads, the Dionysian followers came around and came across Orpheus. Now they're probably half in the bag because they were experiencing enthusiasm. And they say, hey, Orpheus, why don't you sing for us? Entertain us. And Orpheus says, well, my wife just died. I'm in mourning. Well, he shouldn't have said that because uh, no. he ripped him to pieces. Yeah. The guy's mourning his wife. <laughs> he doesn't want to do a gig. Yeah. Next thing you know, torn to all pieces. Right. So it didn't end well there. And of course, they learned it all from Dionysus, from his, his dark side. But they were loyal from all accounts. They looked great. 
And they used fennel in ways that even the best chef, I think, could not yeah. really pull off. A new respect for fennel. I did not expect. I think keep I would- that for the next time you're uh, you're dipping into some grape. Maybe a little little fennel salad on the side might do the yeah. trick. Yep. So surprisingly, Dionysus has a legacy that continues to essentially not quite to this day, but to relatively recent times. There were more modern pagans who, up until the 1800s and 1900s, would still have some of these rituals in private. Uh, the Roman Liberalia, which is kind of the original version of the Dionysian festival, just so happens is celebrated uh, on March 17th, which uh, yeah. coincides with another drunken yeah. revelry uh, in our modern day. But in the good, you know, I know in, in, in your area of Boston and mine of Chicago, the, um, there's still a bit of debauchery around St. Patrick's Day. Uh, but next time you have to confront that and you think these guys are really being a pain, just remember, could have been worse. Yeah. They're not summoning yeah. the dead. They're not tearing animals Hopefully apart. not. Yeah, yeah, so they're not tearing people apart. <laughs> they're not uh, yelling from the dead to come from the underworld. So, so in conclusion, you know, you look back at Dionysus. He brought us wine. Uh, he came back and was was born twice. Everybody loves a comeback, reincarnation. Oh, you know that that tradition remains proud. Um, a very modern sensibility. So we talked about women's changing roles, the idea of transition being ahead of his time, and he had two moms. Or maybe even three, if you count himself. So very progressive. (laughs) Uh, And because because of that, he has this androgynous appearance that I would think would appeal to the younger generation as well. So uh, the cons, after all those pros, I mean, he was a cult leader. uh, So probably a strike against him there. Uh, He did a lot of driving people insane and causing them to murder others, including their family members and, and kings. And as we described, he had a bit of a temper. So in the end, Dionysus, fascinating character, uh, his pros, his cons, a complicated figure, but so right. is the grape that uh, that bears his tradition. And there we have it for Dionysus. So that will close out part one of the first god of our god versus god battle. Right. Um, why don't we take a quick break there, and then uh, we'll move on to, to the second part, and we'll hear who you have. Sound good? All right. Sounds good. All right. We're back. The digital wheel of fate uh, yes. gave me Mars, uh, Mars. Who's quite quite a different figure. Uh, and as you may know, that is the Roman version of Ares. Um, so I'm going to go back and forth a little bit between Ares and Mars. They're not quite interchangeable. Right. Um, Ares in the Greek Greeks basically were were we're not real fond of Aries. Hmm. Did not have a, did not have a great reputation in uh, Greece, but the Romans were a little bit more fond of, of Mars. Warmed up a little bit, yeah. A little, little bit more warlike. They hmm. they liked their war. Uh, they were good at it, so so they were a little a little bit more. Yeah, they were, they were good at it. They they profited from it, so they a little bit more uh, on Mars. Uh, so I'm going to lean into a little bit more the Roman version, but. I'll go back and forth a little bit uh, because some of the best stories are are in in uh, the Greek tradition. Um, like uh, Dionysus, he's one of the Big Twelve mm. Mount Olympus. Yes, gets to sit at the big table. Yep, <laughs> when all the parties going on, he's, That's he's right. at the dais. He's, he's you know um, traditionally known as the god of war. In addition, you know all these gods kind of had had multiple jobs. Right. His, uh, he was also the god of courage, the god of wrath, 
Oh. Uh, the God of Battlelust and uh, God of Panic. Interesting. Uh, so courage and panic. Courage and panic. So he he could basically give your side one or the other, depending on you know how much oh. he liked your sacrifice. Is it all right? We can uh, you could pray for him to give your side courage or pray for him to make the other side panic. Okay. So, Powerful. Uh, like almost all the Greek and Roman gods, he's depicted in human form. And for him, he's not the youth like, uh, say, Apollo or, uh, you know, more androgynous like Dionysus. He, he's very much a man's man, uh, yes. usually with a short beard or, or sometimes clean shaven, but, you know, in the, the prime prime of life is how, how he's depicted which is you know probably like 2 30 on the tuesday after your 25th birthday that's that sounds great like- I, I was thinking it kind of reminded me of you and me on the screen right now just right from yes. beards yes. prime of our lives just right ultimate that's exactly yes. yes um so personality wise uh in in rome uh mars is very staid very dignified kind of you know i think a kind of a clint eastwood type doesn't say a lot. Strong, silent type. Si- strong, silent type. He's going to get the job done. Yeah. Uh, well, for the Greeks, their version, Ares, it's kind of an out-of-control rageaholic. Oh. Uh, just, just, you know, untrustworthy, more of kind of a b- bandit raider and a bit of a whiner when things didn't go his way. Mm. So not, not, not great. Um. He's believed to be a very old god. You know, his his uh, traces of Mars go back very far into the past. Uh, Greek writing Linear B, which mm, yeah predated their their Dark Age, so they, they had writing. They lost it, but there there are references in there to Mars. Um, and there's there's a lot of other kind of parallels of the thing. All right, this this is the same same guy, just mm. over over a different time. Uh, in terms of cults and rituals, not not a lot going on with no. Mars. Uh, you know, it wasn't a lot. I didn't find a lot of festivals, uh, mm. but there was a, a very famous uh, temple in Rome uh, called Temple of Mars Ultor, oh, which is a good name. That's very which good. is Mars the Avenger, and that was <laughs> that was built not not the the comic book, but Mars as Avenger, and that was built by Augustus, after uh, he said for a battle with uh, Cassius Brutus, oh. the assassins of his father, he said, yes. let me win this, Mars, I will build you a temple, which he did. It took him like 30 years to do it. I think he was maybe running out the clocks. So, oh, maybe I have to do this. <laughs> had some, some contractors who were a little slow. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was just, you know, he had a lot on his plate. Um, <laughs> and uh, there, there's also a famous one in Athens. So, uh, you know, in terms of how he was, soldiers were obviously the biggest uh, people who, who would invoke Mars and, sure. and often, you know, as more of a transactional before yes. a battle. Like, like it, you know, here's a goat. If you let me live, <laughs> help me out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call it square. So, uh, but I, I did uh, come across an, a one. Uh, interesting example of a, a small cult that was dedicated to 
to uh, Ares uh, by a travel writer of ancient Crete named Pausinius, hmm. I believe. Uh, so he's writing about Tegia in Greece. Um, and it says, there's also an image of Ares in the marketplace of Tegia, carved in relief of a slab. It is called He Who Entertains Women. Oh, okay. At, <laughs> at the time of the Spartan War, uh, when the king of Spartan made his first invasion, the women armed themselves and lay in ambush under a hill they called Sentry Hill. When the armies met, the men on either side were performing many remarkable exploits. Mm. So we'll leave good. it at that. Yeah, yeah it's not, I, I think I take it that they were kind of at a bit of a standoff. So uh, he goes on and says, the women, they say, mm. came on the scene and put the Spartans to flight. Spartan king himself was one of the Spartan prisoners. The story goes on to say he was set free without ransom and swore to the Tegians that the Spartans would never again attack Tegia. Then he broke his oath and the women offered to Ares a sacrifice of victory, their own account without the men and gave the men no share of the meat of the victory. Oh my. Wow. And for this reason, he's called he who entertains women. So. I should say so. That worked out well, pretty well for the women, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. But you know, I don't know if that was that. I guess they, you know, they said, you know, we're the ones who turned the battle, so we get the goat. <laughs> we get the goat. <laughs> we get the goat. Uh, so, you know, I guess, the, you know, there's those kind of things around, but not a lot of them. Uh, he was also revered as the progenitor of Rome. He is the father of Romulus and Remus. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So, um, so, which is another reason why they might, you know, put a little more respect on the name. I was like, oh, well, he's, he is, he's he started us. <laughs> That's right. Um, and that, you know, might relate to his different image. So in terms of myths, um, you know, traditionally Mars is son of jupiter and juno and i believe he's the only son of of that mm. marriage actually mm. however uh i did find, run across another version of uh of his birth and this is from the poet ovid uh who will probably come across a lot in this uh podcast and absolutely it, it's a calendar-based poem that he wrote uh mm. which is an interesting takeoff from a poem uh called the fasty and in that, he relates the story of Mars's conception. Uh, and this is from Poetry in Translation, which you can find online. Mars, too. So this is uh, told by this, the goddess Flora, who I, is a goddess of flowers. That would, that would uh, make as, sense. As, as, as you might track. expect by the name. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So, so uh, Flora says, she's, she's the narrator here. Mars, too, if you're unaware, was brought to birth by my arts. I pray unknown Jupiter never knows it, mm. which if it's a secret, Flora, why are you telling all of it? I don't know. It, that it, it was a secret. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he, he's Less not going to so keep now. it. Yeah. Uh, sacred Juno uh, grieved that Jupiter didn't need help when Minerva was born. Mm. So it is another story. Minerva uh, was, I believe, born out of Jupiter's head. Yes. And so. <laughs> So, so we she have births she, out of heads. We got children out of thighs. I mean, this is yes. So, so, so this, yeah. And so this one, uh, you know, so she was upset by that. Felt you know, uh, well pushed aside. So Juno went to ocean 
to complain of her husband's deed, deeds. Tired by her efforts, she rested at my door. Mm. So, so she went to the ocean, complained to the ocean. Yeah, I've done Didn't that. get her anywhere. Yeah. No, it rarely does. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't, doesn't help. It feels good uh, for a second, but no, it really accomplishes very little. Yeah. It, uh, so, uh, so then she goes to Flora uh, and uh, tells, tells Flora the problem. Uh, and, and Flora kind of tries to console her. And then this is uh, Juno speaking. If Jupiter can be a father without needing a wife, contains both functions in a single person, why should I despair of becoming a mother with no husband? Mm. And chaste, give birth untouched by man. I'll try all the drugs in the world. Oh my. <laughs> so she's committed to this. Um, uh, kind of a kind of a modern uh, would-be single mother there as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, Who needs a man? She, that's 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 her take uh and so flora does in fact have something to uh help her out but she kind of hesitates because she's like, eh, i don't know if jupiter's gonna like this and if he finds out word's gonna get around gonna, yeah yeah and this is not gonna be great for me uh but eventually she comes around to it and she says a flower sent to me from the fields of Olenus, which I don't, I don't know where that is uh will grant you what you seek Unique in all my garden, he who gave it to me said, touch a barren heifer with this mm. and she'll be a mother too. Oh my. I did. And she was instantly. So animal testing. Powerful stuff. That's right. Yeah. Proto uh, pharmaceutical stuff there. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. That tries it, tries it out. It and, works. and then she, she, after using it on the cow, she then uses it on Juno and, uh, and it works. And that's how you get Mars. Um, Look at that. So there you go. So that's so a, Jupiter a was kind of an absentee father, almost a. He is not not the father actually. So, I mean, did, uh, he, did, was he was he the titular father? Did he raise him? Did he? Did, yes. So he okay. so according to this story, he believes that he is, but he's not. Uh, okay. And, and word never got around. Word never gets around, but that we know. That. Other than that, it just stays within this poem, which has been translated for two thousand years. Yes. Uh, but. Um, but that that's not the traditional story but i thought, thought that was interesting um very yeah so uh which in it it may go into since aries was not that popular may, maybe it goes into uh they didn't want to put that on zeus you know so that's uh, a different way to do it um so there are a couple other myths that i'll just touch on briefly about uh mars uh the one is that he killed adonis mm. famous Famous, famously handsome man. Famously, like uh, he, yes, the, the most the, handsome. Yes, uh, still, still uh, known for that today, out of jealousy. Um, another one that he killed, uh, son of Poseidon, who was assaulting his daughter, mm. Ares's daughter. So you know, fair enough that. Yeah, probably and, had in there. Yeah, and and that was uh, he was tried for that on Mount Olympus oh. and acquitted. And acquitted, and that is in in Greek myth the first murder trial. You know, you forget that they had a, a legislative uh, system in those days. There's so much in the way of just wanton murder. Uh, you really, really hear about uh, the, the scales of justice, but there it is. Yes, yeah, that, that was the, that was that was the first one. And um, Cadmus, who who you mentioned, uh, did. that's right. He he turned into a snake he turned cadmus into a snake uh because uh cadmus had killed a dragon sacred to to Ares. so mm. kill a sacred dragon get turned into a snake 
Yeah, it's not going to end well for you. Uh, yeah, and so uh, since I mentioned uh, the Judgment of Paris in terms of that's a uh, one of our inspirations here. Uh, Mars was actually played a role in Paris being selected as uh, the judge toward the golden apple. Uh, prior to the divine beauty contest, Paris was to judge some bulls at a local festival, kind of a county fair type thing sure. outside of, outside of Troy. Yeah. So we have some, some judging ability of some kind. He's clearly, well, uh, yep. So, and, and, and this, this is how we demonstrated it. Uh, one of the bulls belonged to Paris's father, King Priam. Um, but unbeknownst to Paris, another of the bulls was actually Mars transformed into a bull. Oh, wow. So he, he transformed himself into a bull and injured himself in the county fair. I hope he won. And he did. Okay, he did well, that's good. Because that, 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 And that is how Paris was established as an honest judge. Because obviously Mars made the better bull than, than you know, just an ordinary bull. But, uh, you know, he could have just given it to his father's bull. Oh, it's the king. Father, nobody's really going to blame me. But he said, I don't know. This bull here. It's and then looking bull here. Yeah, this, this is this is prime. <laughs> and, and he got the ribbon and they said, eh. and, and all the gods noticed that. And, you know, so, a guy. Yeah. Which I think is one thing that brings it. It was a different world there. That, it was, that, yes. This, this, this yeah. was considered not really how it works today in many cases. No, the, yeah, this this was considered. Uh, a big enough event that well, the, the gods took notice. So, <laughs> um, but I'm mean, gonna probably the most famous and uh, most often depicted myths about Mars involve his uh, affair with Venus, mm. uh, who was married to Mars' half brother uh, Vulcan, also known as Hephaestus. Yes, uh, god of fire, blacksmiths, and stuff along that nature. Um, Mars, by the way, never married. So this is adulterous on one side. It's for him. He's just, wow. just a single guy. Just a bachelor. Yeah. So I'm going to uh, give a little bit of, of this one. And this uh, actually comes from the Odyssey. And I believe it was Odysseus who, who was retelling this story. Hmm. So Hel- uh, Helios, or, uh, Helios uh, who is both the sun and the god of the sun, uh, notices the affair going on and feels obliged to tell Hephaestus. And so I'll go for the quote from here. And then Hephaestus heard the grievous tale when he went his way to the smithy, pondering evil deep in his heart and set on the anvil block, the great anvil and forged bonds, which might never be broken or loosened. The lovers might bide fast where they were. But when he had fashioned the snare, his wrath against Ares, he went to his chamber where he lay his bed, and everywhere around the bedposts he spread bonds. And many too were hung from above, the roof beams, fine as spider's web, so that none, no one, even the blessed gods, could see them. So he makes these spider web bonds, and then he says, announces very loudly, that he's on his way to Lemnos. He says, I'm going to Lemnos. I'll be back. In case somebody while. wants to know. We'll be gone for a while. Lemnos. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm walking, <laughs> which is, it's an island. So it's going to take me a while. So, you know, see you in a couple of days. Uh, and everybody, all right, he's, he's, Aries hears this, says, all right, 
not even going to put a century out. It's going to take him forever to get to Lemnos. Um, and he, he says to Venus or, or Aphrodite, come love, let us to bed and take our joy couch together. For Hephaestus is no longer here in the land. He is now gone, I ween, to Lemnos to yes. visit the sentience of savage speech. And so I was like, I had to look up who are the sentients. They're just yeah, kind of catch, really yeah. they're catching strays here. But uh, I guess <laughs> they're kind of a piratey group. So uh, apparently it was, it was deserved. Um, <laughs> but of course, Hephaestus uh, has the trap set. As soon as they, uh, they're in the bed, uh, the trap springs and uh, Helios tells him, yeah, it, it's sprung. And Hephaestus uh, comes back calls all the gods around uh, and says, look at this, look what they're doing. And so they all show up oh. all, all laughing and joking and, and uh, make things. And uh, then uh, eventually uh, I believe it's Poseidon for some reason who, who talks him into, well, you got to come down eventually. Uh, <laughs> and the story, the story ends ill deeds thrive, not, the slow catches the swift, even as now Hephaestus, slow though he is, has outstripped Ares for all the swiftest of the gods who hold Olympus. Lame though he is, he has caught him by craft, wherefore Ares owes the fine of the adulterer. So, yeah, then he wow. had to pay a fine. There was a fine involved. Oh, an actual so, fine. So he just had to, yeah. had to write a check. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some humiliation sort of fine, is one yeah. thing, but it's also going to hit the pocketbook. Yeah. All right. 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 Yeah. Exactly. So, and uh, and that's uh, and that's what I have on on Mars. I I look forward to uh, to the Hephaestus chapter down the road. Yes. That's, he's, he sounds like a fascinating guy because that was uh, on one hand pretty crafty, but also kind of a jerk. I mean, really did entrap yeah, right. him there. Like, the, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. That's a, a famous one. There's a lot of paintings of that one. Um, I Bad. think when we the website I have a get a couple up on there. So All right. lifelong bachelor, fascinating. Well done. Very good. Well, that that there ends Mars. Let's take a quick break and we will get yep. down to the judgment in uh, in mere moments after this uh, this quick break. All right. And we return for the final part of our program, the categories. So as we described up front, Andrew, we've got five categories. Right. Where we're going to go head to head for each of uh, Dionysus and Mars and make a decision, or at least to have a discussion about who, who is the victor in each category and the winner of, of the, the cumulative winner will take all uh, right. in this round. Right. So we'd so like that, to introduce as, the categories uh, as, as, as they start. Yes. Uh, we have the five categories, and they are immortal combat. And this one is very simple. Who would win? Who would win? Classic childhood game. Spider-Man yes. or Batman? Yeah. Yes. Uh, back tiger or a lion? Who yes. would win? Yep. Um, and then when we're calling curriculum deity. Yes. And that is more of who has... Uh, who would you rather be? Who would you rather worship? Who has kind of the, the best overall uh, story? Yes, the appeal. Uh, yeah, appeal. And then good God, which is who has the best character? Which one of right. these uh, divine beings is, you know, 
kind of lives up to the standards that we have today. Yep. Um, you know, applying applying those standards. Who do we want to bring forward in time? And I, I think that's a big one. Right. Uh, then iconography. Who has the best legacy? And and mm. in that I think we're talking about both uh, worshippers then uh, back back in the day, and who's been carried forward into the modern era mm-hmm. uh, more. And then matinee idol, which uh, is who would make the best movie or limited series? Yes, yeah. it is. It is the, the the golden age of streaming. So I'm glad you mentioned yes. the series. Yes, so, uh, some of these might work better as a series, and I should say that this one is we're lifting uh, straight from uh, Totalis Rankium. Pretty close, presidents. Yeah. Inspired yeah. by, it's, yeah. I mean, they're, they're... <laughs> yeah, very, very, very much inspired by. Yes. So, uh, uh, with with all that said, uh, let's start our first category: Immortal Combat. Mm, who would win? I don't know that this is even a close one. I mean, if we're talking the God of War. Yeah, uh, you'd think he'd be pretty good at. It. I, I, I guess we you may not have said. I assume that he became the god of war, did Mars, by being good at it. He, well, he's he is good at it, but it, it's it's interesting. So you know, on plus side, he has super strength. Sure, uh, he can engender courage or so panic in battle. Uh, there are a lot of references to him having a spear and super armor. Uh, you know, like most Olympians, can kind of appear anywhere he wants. He can turn into livestock oh. at any time. Yeah, that's good. That's good. He did. So he has weapons superior to a stock of fennel, is what you're saying. Yes, he does. He does. So he's, um, gonna, he's probably gonna 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 do better there. As like as powerful as the fennel was to to be able to bring beverages from the earth uh, and have right. snakes uh, be able to to to, to lick your tears. Um, they're no match for uh, for the right. god of war i think there yeah and and he's probably acting alone in this battle i have to think dionysus would have surrounding him this maynad group of, of frenzied women who were pretty right. you know pretty uh, impressive on their own yeah i would not i would not want to face them on their bad yeah. side i i would have just played i would have played the music i think <laughs> i think where where there might be a little wiggle room is that because Dionysus was so good at making people just rendering them insane, that even if you were very skilled in the art of warfare, uh, you know, he, he could essentially theoretically make Mars insane and have him just tear somebody else to pieces. And, you know, I, I mean, that's, that's just, you know, we would have to know, is there an example where he turned a God insane hmm. so that can he do that? Uh, you know, and, and one thing I will say that there's, uh, a book called the Dionasica, mm. which is a, an epic of, of, of Mars, and uh, it's not widely available, not well known. Uh, it is about our sorry, of, of Dionysus, uh, and uh, it's about Dionysus conquering India. And so, yes, I tried to to look into that um, because Mars is sent out by Hera to stop Dionysus. Hera still again. Going. Man. Feud is still going. Interesting. Uh, well, I, when you mentioned the India thing, that was, I think it was mo- mainly associated with the, the Roman version with Bacchus, but right. he was credited with uh, essentially conquering India on behalf of the uh, the Roman emperor empire and came back on a chariot led by tigers with nymphs and all the rest of that. And uh, 
you know, did he leave India with his wisdom of how to make wine? I don't recall having an Indian wine anytime recently. So he may have no. cut to the chase yeah. there and just gone for the conquering less, yeah. less than the agriculture. Right. Um, but unfortunately I, I did. Uh, the only thing is that I found is that Mars had battled uh, Athena or, or Minerva, however you want to say it um, mm. in, in that. And he lost to her. And, it, and that actually comes up a couple times of, of, of Athena kind of kicking his, his butt. So when it um, comes to God versus God combat, not a perfect record. Not certainly not a perfect be, record. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. And you know, and it is interesting because Athena is the goddess of war, mm. um, but she's more associated with strategy and, and uh, sort of a Billy Jean King, Bobby Riggs battle of the sexes, uh, very early version there. And, and the Billy Jean figure wins. Yes. Yes. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, so, so I, I think uh, you know, I don't know. Does the turning into a bull, turning into livestock, does that push it over the edge? Does I think that. that yeah. I, I think I, I got to give it to Mars on this one. I think if, if worst came to worst, I don't. I don't have evidence that Dionysus was able to to render any immortals insane. Uh, turning into a bull is is just a great great trick to have in your pocket if you need it. Um, and Dionysus really, you know, for all of his powers of, of rage and, and, and agriculture, um, when it came to, to real combat, he kind of let other people do his bidding. Uh, so yeah. I think in, in a one-on-one situation, I think I got to give right. Mars the, the benefit. Yeah, of this one. is, this is a one-on-one, it is. uh, make it, take it to 21. You got, <laughs> you could show up with your entourage, but ultimately right. it's just you in the ring. So yeah, yeah, I think Mars takes the first round on that one. All right. You agree? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I have the same one. So, all right. First round goes to uh, goes yeah. Mars. Now, uh, curriculum deity. Yes. You know, and this is a combination of who would you rather be? Uh, who would you rather be a follower of? Which is it? Which is interesting. So, the, and those those two might might have some conflicting. It's a split question. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um. All right, so you want to give it? You have yeah, it, give it, some thought on. It's interesting. I, I at first blush, uh, the idea of the god of wine over the god of war seems more appealing to my own sensibilities. I am, uh, dare I say, a lover, not a fighter. Uh, right. oh, yeah. And and there's something appealing to that. Uh, I do, uh, at least I have in the past enjoyed a good multi-day uh, social affair, uh, as Dionysus clearly was was a master of. Uh, so I think he, t- he takes my vote there. And I do respect to Mars, um, but a lot of the, the situations he's involved in, whether they're combat, uh, entrapment in, in, in mode of adultery, um, those don't sound like my kind of cup of tea. So, right. uh, you know, do respect for the guy for, for living a powerful life and remaining a bachelor and living on his own terms and having, you know, at least in some version of himself, that strong, silent type. But uh, I feel like I got to go with Dionysus on this one for all of his flaws, for all of his temper. Uh, he seemed, he was a lot, he was a lot of fun and and I got to yeah. give him credit for that. Well, you know, um, yeah, so I would say on, on Mars sort of, you know, the good the super strength. Mm. It's nice. Uh, that's nice. You're perpetually in the prime of life. Which oh, is, you know, that's, that's good. Um, you know, and uh, the affair with Venus is a little bit goes both ways, you know, it's, mm. a, it's a love affair, but it's also kind of sad. Very much um, so. Yeah, he, as you, you know, said, I, he'd have to pay the fine in the end. So yeah, he did. He did have to pay the fine. Uh, not not super popular. Uh, there there was a, a section in uh, I believe it's the Iliad where 
uh, Zeus says, you know, if you weren't my son, and then Hera kind of makes kind of a, a little side eye, and uh, uh, he says, I would throw you into Tartarus because you're such a you're such trouble. Yeah. So that's not you know that's not super popular. Not, we not, we all have our great. childhood traumas. No one wants to hear that. Yeah. 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 And uh, um, he also he may have been a never nude because uh, apparently uh, all the the statues depicting him he all had it. To, even if he was otherwise nude, he'd have his helmet on. Is that right? So, okay. Yeah. So yeah, so they, they may. Not the case with Dionysus. A lot of uh, statues yeah. where he is uh, flapping in the breeze. He's out there. Full on, yeah. Completely, yeah. yep. So so I, I, I got to go with you also. Um, you know, I think a lot of these, are, there's going to be less bad. It's mm. a choice of, <laughs> of two. Right, yes. <laughs> you know, it doesn't, doesn't mean it's good, but it's, it's not as bad as this one. So uh, yeah, I, I agree with you on, on being, uh, I, I would definitely say uh, Dionysus yep. on, on that one. Um, okay. No, I, oh, you know, I did uh, want to give, this is one of the things, I don't know if this will sway you, but mm. I, I did have a, a, a description of his mansions. He's got one, uh, Mars has one mansion in Olympus, another one in Thrace. Uh, okay. and Thrace is, is uh, uh, now now uh, Bulgaria or Bulgaria, okay. is, but you know uh a little country house this, a little getaway yeah yeah a little country house uh, so i'll give a little description of it um this is from the thebaid hmm. which is a, a epic about thebes which has come up a couple of times uh so it says barren forest thrace the sacred haunts of mars where on the slopes of hamus mountain his savage mansion is ringed by a thousand furies the walls are of iron Iron portals bear upon the threshold. The roof is carried by columns of iron. The rays of the sun are weakened when they meet it. The very light fears that dwelling, and its murky glare dismays the stars. Fent sentinels hold watch here. The outer gate, wild. Passion leaps. Nephis, or mischief. Anger, rushing, flushing red and pallid fear. Fear. Insidia, treachery lurks in the hidden sword, and Discordia holds the two-edged blade. It goes on like this for a while. <laughs> this is um, this is a great real estate listing for your country yes, house. Yeah, yeah I, I I would not. So Statius is the is the poet. I would not hire him as my realtor. <laughs> no, no, definitely so, so that I'm not hearing about you know Western exposure for natural light. Yes, the, open the kitchen fears, plan. Here's the dwell. Uh, Yes, and, and all around were the spoils of every land. The captured peoples adorned the temple's high front. Fragments of wrought iron gates and ships of war, empty chariots and faces ground by chariot wheels. A, almost even the groans, truly every form of violence and wounds. So I get the sort of spoils of war being your lawn decorations. That's, yeah. That was fairly common, but the, uh, but the people, the faces... That's yes, Grant. Yeah, I mean, it's, I suppose it's a good security system. It'll keep people out, but uh, it's all goodness. in. Yeah, yeah, it's all in. And, and it doesn't say this, but I think, you know, if you picture that kind of throne room with fear and anger and everything, and then I think just to the left is a little alcove hmm. uh, where he's got the ribbons from <laughs> all the livestock uh, county fairs he's won. <laughs> Yeah. It's a little nook for that. That's good. Yeah, yeah. He's, and he's off it. If you talk, and he'll break. He'll break here. Oh, and I got this in Thebes, and I was a goat. 
over here in Athens. And, and, and uh, yeah, so join me in the ribbon nook for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Step out of this. That's pretty good. Uh, that is impressive. That yeah, still sounds it, like it, a it very probably, creepy place, but uh, yeah, probably, perhaps probably off for the, for the unusual that, decor. Yeah. But that doesn't change your mind. I don't think it does. No. no. Okay. All right. And then, uh, you know, I think the other part of it is, is worshipers. And, you know, I kind of feel like if you're a worshiper of Mars, you're, you're, you're more likely you're, you're going into battle. Right. That was, that was kind of a turnoff for me. I would have been yeah. very poor yeah. at that, at that job. So, yeah. Uh, so I think, I think we're both uh, going with Dionysus on that one. Excellent. So we got, it's one-to-one. One-to-one. All right. Keep the tension high. That's it. <laughs> Get the audience on their toes. <laughs> Um, good God character who has the better character. Yeah, this is a Dionysus is a mixed bag. You know, I think he, for all of his help in helping deliver uh, sustainable agriculture to all the, the towns he founded. Right. Um, and, you know, and for all of his progressive causes in inviting the lowest of society to his parties in uh, celebrating transitions of, of roles of women and men, um, it also did a lot of ripping people apart and, and or yeah, turning people babies. insane so that they would. Uh, there's a there's a big trail of blood behind him. So I think he he's he <laughs> scores some jealous. demerits for that. Yeah, he's a little temperamental. A little temperamental. He was he yeah. was the rager. Yeah. Uh, so I think I, I I do I consider him kind of a 50-50 when it comes to character. Yeah. A mixed bag. When he was good, he was great. And every time I have a sip of wine, I'm very grateful. But um, yeah. The insanity, yeah. the ripping of babies. You're yeah. going to lose points uh, for that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so on, on the Mars side, you know, again, kind of the, the Romans and the Greeks would differ. Hmm. Um, in, in Greece, he, he was portrayed as arrogant and, and actually somewhat cowardly. You know, if it was at all a fair fight, he, he was not, not having it. Um, Interesting. So uh, he... He battles Hercules in, in, in one, and and actually um, Athena helps Hercules out, and it turns mm. turns aside, and he kind of kind of whines about it <laughs> to his to his father. He's like, yeah, this is not fair. Um, the Romans, on the other hand, saw him more as a defender. Um, he was also the god of peace treaties, mm. in, in addition to war. So that's good. Uh, yeah, you know, if if I think the idea being the yeah, there being. If one of the sides broke the treaty, then uh, he he would his wrath would come down on on the, the, the treaty breakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the enforcer. Yeah, um, Mars was also interestingly uh, better with women uh, than many of the other male Greco-Roman gods. Uh, his relationships tended to be consensual, which is, better, that which is a plus. Yes, so better in terms of, of, of character. Yeah. Yes, yes. So that that is definitely a, a, a character plus, um, you know, you you know, one's mileage may vary on, on the the Venus thing. Uh, the one uh, aspect of it is is at least one of the stories uh, which will probably come across in uh, the, the Venus episode or, or Festus episode. Uh, one of the stories is that you know Mars and uh, Venus were in love before she got married, and and she was forced to to marry Hephaestus. Uh, yeah. So that, that gives it a little bit of a different color. Um, it does. It does. So it was, it was and, unrequited love until it was requited. Yes. Yeah. However, you know, his overall effect was uh, to goad men towards war and rage. 
Sure. <laughs> that's kind of sure. that's kind of his. You know, if you're talking about the business he's in, uh, the service that he performs, that that's it, and it's and it's not uh, great. And I think that that uh, you know description of his Thrace mansion mm. kind of brings home that uh, too. So. This is a tough one. I, you know, you know, I think, I think Mars gets the edge for me. I think the, the peace treaties, mm. uh, the, <laughs> the pattern of consensual relationships. Yeah. Uh, even though, you know, this day and age, hopefully that's something of a given, but yeah, um, one never knows. Uh, and really for all of, you know, even though there's a mixed bag on Dionysus, I still feel like he spent a lot of his time as a cult leader in these sort of three day, Drunken sexual ah, escapades, right. which you know, character-wise, fun yeah. for for the time being. But uh, when it comes to character, probably not the ideal. Yeah, which is interesting because, uh, you know, in the the introduction, you you mentioned that he had the at least one aspect was enjoying responsible responsibly. Yes. That's right. But that didn't really seem to come out. <laughs> my, no, well, my sense is that he represented that himself, but his followers took that to the extreme in the same way that you're told to enjoy Bud Light responsibly. Right. Uh, do but they the mean followers that? of Bud Light, it'd yeah. be a different story. Yes. Right, I, right. Yeah. Yes. They, they certainly say it, but it's, it's hard to say, you know, I feel obligated to say this. They do. Oh man, this is a tough one. Um, man, I, you know, I, I did not come in here thinking that I might vote for Mars and, and the good character one, but I think I'm going to agree with you. Yeah. I think I'm going to agree. All right. So two to one. Yeah. Two to one. Okay. The loser button on Dionysus. That's right. For that one. And then iconography. Better legacy. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, and so uh, at the time, you know, the Mars cult was, was only moderately popular uh, again, especially in, in Greece and the Greek speaking world. Um, you know, and for an Olympian, there's not a lot of uh, temples that survive. Uh, mm. Not a lot of evidence that uh, the people people were all about him at the time. Um, however, his his legacy, you know, comes from Rome, and uh, Latin being language is very uh, widely spread in the, in the West. Uh, lives on in a number of things. Um, sure. He has, as you may have heard, a planet named after him. He does, yes. Planet Mars. I, I've, I've seen it from yeah. afar. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and in Romance languages, uh, the day Tuesday is named after him. So uh, Mardi Gras is uh, at oh, Mars Day. Yeah. Wow. I, I guess I'd forgotten that. That's pretty yeah. good. So, uh, um, so that's a good one. The male symbol is derived from mars really? it is his shield and spear excellent did not know that i did not know that until, until wow. researching it so that, quite that the legacy. is that is quite the legacy um the uh, behind the name uh the names derived from mars marcus mark mm. martin yeah. yeah uh any any mar based name mm -hmm. uh, mario mm -hmm. uh which is actually one of the more popular names in the, in the u.s uh these days and uh, this uh, baby name website uh, behind the name claims that there are 133 names in, a, in the U.S. derived from Mars. Excellent. Yeah, obviously, that also goes into Marsha, 
men women um so that that's a a, a big one um and uh you know in in uh literature he's, he's a little bit less uh going on with uh mars or aries these days did the imdb search mm. uh for uh, uh aries god and you know kind of the usual suspects uh clash of the titans sure. that wonder woman uh you may may recall i don't know if you've seen that but uh he, the bad guy is uh is uh i've forgotten that when you mentioned the usual suspects my first thought was i don't remember him being in that <laughs> yeah, now, now i know he, you meant yes he was yes it's, yes he was not kaiser so say i was that gonna say be, i mean kevin spacey uh also a lifelong bachelor um also yes, some some although well the consensual part maybe they differ there yeah that, that, that would have been quite quite the twist uh if he'd been kaiser so say that would have really changed uh, and that would be uh, pertinent to our next round as well, but uh, not the case. Um, and in Assassin's Creed, uh, there is a okay. nasty terrorist group named uh, the Cult of Ares. Uh, That's pretty good. So these are all things uh, that are li living on. And then I also did a search on Amazon um, for books, uh, you know, of the god Mars and... And uh, the one I came up with, or the, the one of the first ones, I came up with a God of War series book called Come Here Kitten. No. <laughs> that was not the title I was expecting. No, no, it was not by Amelia Rose. Uh, and has, uh, I think, 379 reviews, four and a half stars for Come Here Kitten. Pretty good. Uh, yes. Uh, and, and, I, and I read the, in the description, and, and it is actually, he is a character in the book. He is. So, is he know, the kitten? Because we know he does have yeah, um, tendencies when he wants them. Yeah, let me see if I can uh, do a share screen, which won't really help the <laughs> no, listeners. This will not help the listener at all. Oh, but maybe. So this, uh, can you see that? Yes, I can. Yeah, so I there, see. That, <laughs> yeah. So that, for the that. for the listeners at home, uh, the the covers of this "Come Here Kitten" uh, series, I guess, uh, yeah, contains a, some 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 shirtless individuals, a lot of uh, right. abdominal muscles, a six or an eight pack. Yeah, so this seems like uh, probably an erotic thriller of some kind. Right. Yes. With, uh, starring uh, Aries. So that Very is nice. you know part part of his legacy. Uh, Impressive. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what I was able to come up with. What did? And you didn't even mention the Mars Bar uh, of candy fame. Oh, you didn't mention Bruno oh. Mars of music fame. I mean, I mean, where does it end? Yeah, well, no, I, I feel like this is an it. open and shut case. The 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 cultural the lasting effect of Dionysus is pretty pretty lean. I mean, if you think about uh, even you know even Bacchus, you just you don't hear that. It doesn't come up in names. Uh, no. Now, wine itself, of course, has a has a lovely legacy that, that, right. that uh, survives to this day quite well. Yeah. So this is, it brings up an interesting question, right? So, right. are there accomplishes accomplishments as a divine being part mm -hmm. of that? So, I, do I, we give him credit? That's that would be a game changer. That that would be that would be a strong mark in his favor. But he loses quite a bit on the other side. So when it comes to you know literature, art, pop culture. The only two real examples that come to mind, of course, I mentioned before the sort of drunken buffoonish 
Dionysus character in in Disney's Fantasia, who just is lolling around and slapping himself with wine. Right. And, you know, it's kind of a caricature of 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 uh, the god of wine. Um, and the second is even less impressive. Do you remember uh, the album? God shuffled his feet by uh, Crash Test Dummies. I do not. I remember a, Crash Test Dummies. Yeah. So the, the album cover for the album, so the mm, 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 mm song you may recall was the, the hit single back in probably mid '90s, and the cover of that was a I believe a Titian painting of uh, of Dionysus. And, except in the album cover, the faces of all the characters were switched out with the faces of the members of this uh, one-hit Canadian pop band. So. Uh, not exactly the kind of weighty legacy one would hope for. Um, and that's kind of it. I mean, I think wine well, itself is, is, is pulling all the weight there. Well, I, I would say, you know, if we're looking back, he certainly had more followers back in the day. It, at the he, time, that's true. So in his right. prime, that's true. Until the Greek police came and executed everybody. And yes. Put much of an end to it, apart from the the... The holdouts right. in the latter parts of the the, the 19th and 20th century but right so they he, gave it a good had, fight but yeah yeah he had a little bit more there and i do uh know in, in this name search that the name dennis is derived from dionysus so oh, well, that, well there's there's another one for the board it doesn't quite yeah. match up to the, the marios and, and marcos's of the world or the no, marches, it has, it's not currently not you know maybe it'll have a revival but not uh i, I yeah. don't see that happening yeah so, so i think I, I gotta go i gotta go mars on this one it's kind of yeah, i mean open a planet, case a day, oh we didn't even, i forgot to mention the month right so the month of march is named for march month, so. of course of course yes oh uh, yeah i think uh iconography so you got months uh, over here in days of the week and you got canadian pop bands over here i, I think we got we got an easy one yeah on one. yeah and, you know a segment fantasia which is a great movie great movie classic yeah classic <laughs> all right all right so it's standing three to one um yes. dionysus cannot pull ahead but in the final round we can overrule the mm. the score if you know somebody kind of like Good God wasn't like a clear great winner. So somebody it was a know, tight one. Yeah. Blows away in a couple other categories that we, we could overrule it. So mm -hmm. let's uh, go to Matinee Idol. Yeah. And I think this is this is an interesting one because the I like where Dionysus sits on this one because the the, the scenes in which where, where you get his his two births, where you get his his you know driving people insane all the, the the children being torn apart very evocative filmmaking i would think these are yeah. not the kinds of scenes that you see in a lot of films uh anymore so they would be very action-packed uh the 30s be, were all about that that's right i mean it had a time but uh, the haze code <laughs> it ruined it all for everybody yeah. uh so i think there would be there would be and of course any sort of drunken debauchery three-day affair involving the spirits of the dead you get sort of a horror aspect to it you've got a you know, a bit of a Caligula aspect going on. So there's, there's a lot of, a lot of rich cinematic potential there. Um, a tough one to cast though. And I thought about this and I think, you know, when it comes down to it, uh, I would opt for Robert Downey Jr. Because I think he has first a lifetime of experience with intoxicants. So he's got a lot of research field research for at least the, right. the first several decades of his career has a bit of that sort of every man. He's kind of a little bit male energy, a little bit female energy. He's, he's, he knows what it's like to be an outsider as Dionysus did. He's driven plenty of people insane over the years, <laughs> right. um, but he's lived to tell the tale as Dionysus always did. So I think there's, I would watch that movie um, of, of Robert yeah. Downey Jr. as Dionysus. It's got a great uh, origin story. 
It does. It does. And it, 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 it really does feel like stories like the likes of which we don't much hear. So I, I, I like him in that one with Mars, of course, you know, you've got the potential of a great sort of, you know, that the, the story of Hephaestus, you've got that almost like that love triangle. Uh, people love revenge stories. People love war movies. Um, of course, but there's been a lot of those, you know, with the, the yeah. sort of the, 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 the Titan like sort of a ancient style war movies. Um, we've had, we've had a few of them and many yeah, of them. Very sword good. And sandal. It's been yeah. done. Sword and sandals. That's right. So I, I, I like Dionysus in this category if only for the sheer originality of that story okay. on the screen. Well, let, let me give you kind of, so it, on the other ones, I didn't want to be kind of an advocate, but can kind of give like the elevator pitch for, mm. for Mars. Sure. Uh, um, so, you know, it's a little hard to pin down. You've got a thousand years of, of writing, uh, you know, so the characters aren't real consistent. Like if you think of like Batman from uh, the sixties um, and uh the Dark Knight, those are different characters, hey, yeah. uh, uh, you know, and that's only 50, 60 years. So, uh, yeah. uh, but these guys have a thousand years of writing going behind them. So it's a little bit all over the place, but kind of narrow it down. Um, you know, he's a guy with a tough relationship with his, with his dad. Like I said, uh, true Jupiter in, in uh, the Iliad says, you know, I, I basically send you to hell if you're my son. Yeah. And yeah. he might not be. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's some, that's some drama. Yeah. Yeah. Got some drama there. Uh, you have the affair with Venus, uh, which you can play in kind of uh, different ways. As I said, they, you know, they were in love before they were married, but uh, Juno uh, promised her to Vulcan. Right. And so that, that broke them up. Uh, even though they, you know, then they, they do have uh, kids uh, out of one luck, uh, mm. Eros, uh, Phobos, who's the, uh, fear, mm-hmm. um, Deimos and Harmonia, their daughter. Yeah. So that's okay. Which you, have, you have the other ones that are not so great, but yeah, have that. And then, so it, it is it a in the Greek version, I feel like it would be kind of a villain origin story. Mm-hmm. Like he went through all the stuff and became a villain. Uh, and in the Rome, you know, kind of the same, same kind of thing, but maybe more of an anti hero origin yes. story of, of yes. how he you know came to be this grim defender of, of rome from the, the barbarians um so you know but all that said i just I, I do think that the the dionysus uh one you know the the story with uh thebes and cadmus and 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 he's like you know that's some high drama where he's it like there, do you believe yeah if you don't worship me i'm gonna <laughs> do some crazy stuff and uh you know i think the fact that there was you know neither of us have really had a chance to look at it, but the the diane isaac has out there somebody wrote a giant epic about him that says you know there was there was an interest there's a lot of story there so i wonder if it's been optioned by hollywood maybe there's an opportunity here huh? yeah that's why well, I, I i i mean i think all all these elevator pitches were just declaring that they're copyrighted so <laughs> that's, that's how that works right that's how, yeah just, <laughs> as your lawyer I, I, I affirm that I, yes i declare copyright uh, so, so uh you make you a know. strong case andrew that's not bad that's i i would watch that movie too yeah i think it's a, it's not it's not bad you have to kind of find what you know what is that angle but i think ultimately i i do gonna i do i'm gonna go uh with dionysus i think, I think there's just a lot of 
really interesting places yes that i can go and even this one with the, the origin story you know it it does have a little more of a it has a little bit more of a formula than that so it, it might be more commercial this one might you know i think so you, you might be able to fit it a little more easily into the uh say the uh avengers world but yes. uh, <laughs> uh uh you know that's not what we're about no uh we're you know we're we're about the art that's um it. so it sounds so like yeah. our first golden apple then it's gonna go to mars all right so it the, the, the score ends up three to two yes uh and with uh mars winning immortal combat good god and iconography yes um and that would lead and i don't think there's really any reason to to overrule the category. I don't think so. I think it's pretty decisive, and uh, yeah. and 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 a, and a good battle. I I think given his skills, I think Mars could be a really good candidate for help to helping us get out of this mess. Yeah, yeah. Which is which right. is the uh, the the moral of the story and what we need in the end. So right. a good good yeah. candidate eventually with it with golden apple in hand, a good candidate for at the end Moving of the season on. potentially yeah. the golden goat. We shall right. see. With that. Let us uh, declare an end to episode one of God versus God, the pilot. Dionysus versus Mars. Mars comes out on top. Andrew, well done. Thank Thank you for your efforts and your storytelling. I've enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, We have a Twitter feed for this podcast, I believe. God versus God pod, I believe is the handle. So look that up. Uh, Uh, I believe we're supposed to tell people to subscribe. Uh, To, to make sure be. that they get yes wherever wherever you get your podcasts as you say yes uh and a word of thanks to andy snow uh who provided the music for this fine show you may find yes. him at andy snow.dj great musician great local dj here in chicago and a great man so thank you to him for yes. providing our upbeat theme to get us pumped up and ready to go every week well let's let the theme take us out thank you sir and uh Stay tuned for another episode next time, God versus God. Yep. Bye. Until then. Bye.